Welcome to So You Want to Be a Leader, Really? A Defy Expectations podcast. I'm Vicky Hampson. And I'm Helen Honeyset. We're here to explore the highs and lows of leadership today with our guests. And help you navigate the complexity of being a leader from every aspect, from the sublime to the utterly ridiculous and everything in between. This week's guest is Ulrika Seminati. She helps leaders become effective change agents. Ulrika, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, if you're listening, you can find more information about Ulrika on our website if you visit www.defyexpectations.co.uk for all that great info. So Ulrika, please tell us about your story and how you've become so passionate about impactful communication and using this skill to actually overcome resistance to change. So I have been a corporate communications leader myself for 23 years, a long time in the corporate world. And I have done tons of beautiful communication campaigns, sometimes with huge budgets. But what I realized is that as long as you do not have this human-to-human communication, as long as your leaders, and not only the top leaders, but also the middle management leaders, the first-line leaders, are on board in their own authentic way, nothing really lands as a message. It stays very superficial. It feels like one of these corporate exercises that you have to do all the time. And I found this quite frustrating because it makes people relatively unhappy because they don't feel that buy-in that they might want to feel regarding the company they're working for. And so this is why I then decided, okay, now I've made my career because at the end I was a C-level executive. I've seen the different hierarchical levels and challenges that you can have in there. And now it's time to step out of the corporate world and come from the outside because outside experts are believed much more than inside experts. Very simple. And also, I thought I can make a bigger impact myself when I become a consultant, coach, trainer for specifically the topic of leader-led communication. And over time, I realized that actually all this leader-led communication has always one common ground or one common challenge. It's always about change in a certain way. That's the most difficult thing to communicate. And this is why I focus today very much on this because it's needed all over the place and many leaders feel uncomfortable with that. So thinking about that uncomfortableness, it's not a word at all, but you know what I mean with change and how leaders communicate that. What is the most common mistake that you see leaders make when they're communicating with their teams? I think the first thing is that most of them shy away from doing it. That's probably one of the major mistakes. In the sense that they are afraid of making mistakes and this is why they don't even start really or do not communicate enough by fear of saying something wrong. And I think that's the first biggest mistake because when you do nothing, you communicate as well and people have this feeling that some things are hidden away from them, there's a hidden agenda. So most people fear that more than anything else, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what will happen, which is also the essence of change. If we don't know what will happen, this is why this is something so difficult for many people. So I think that's the first one. And then there's something else behind that, which is then when leaders communicate or any human being, actually, we usually communicate out of our perspective. We, we have that illusion or that belief that what we see is the reality, how we look at things is the reality. And that when something is logical to us, it must be logical to everybody else. And that's obviously a huge communication mistake because it's never like that. <laughs> 
You're saying so many things, Ulrika, that are prompting additional questions. And if I may, I'd like to ask one right now. And it relates to the point I made about impactful communications. Now, let me ask you, as a communications professional in the corporate world with all of that expertise, experience, how would you define impactful? Because to me, it's a word that's used very regularly. Mm -hmm. I think impactful means that you have reached the heart of the person and not only the head, and that people buy into ideas or projects or goals with their heart, that they are able to create an emotional connection to it. This is why people at the end go the extra mile, come up with additional ideas, all of that, what organizations want. I think it's really about reaching the heart. That's impactful. As long as people just follow rationally, it stays very superficial at the end. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it, and it really relates to this next question. You've almost answered it, but I'm sure you have more perspective. How, with this in mind, how do you think leaders can shift to a style of communication that builds trust and creates buy-in? I think there are two aspects to it. Building trust really relates to, to being authentic yourself. So people feel immediately when you fake something, when you play a role, and when you as a leader fake the fact that you are buying into this idea and try to sell it as it was told to you that you got an FAQ from your hierarchy now or from your communications department. Now, please say these things to your teams. I think leaders, first of all, need to relate to the goals themselves in a very authentic way. They need to know why they are doing it, even if they do not need to communicate why they personally are motivated by it. Because that can be very, very personal, actually, something you might not want to share on that level. But it's important that they authentically buy in themselves and believe what they say. That's about building trust. Then building buy-in is a different story because it's not because you love that project suddenly that the others will do as well. So then it's really about thinking, okay, who is in my team? From which perspective are they coming? Is it a different personality style? Am I someone who loves, for example, achievements and performance and is very result-oriented, which many leaders are? But in my team, I have many people who are extremely safety and security oriented, and they really, really fear change. Then I have to come up with completely different words. I have to literally use another dictionary. And that doesn't mean that you lose your authenticity. It means that you might start your sentences with, I know that what's interesting for you is, and then you come with this alternative dictionary that's compelling for the other person. Because people look at things from a very different perspective. And the, the fact alone that you are on a different hierarchical level, you have much more background information, even if you're maybe not even aware of that. But you have such a different perspective already on any single goal that you communicate to your teams that this alone makes a difference between you and them. And then comes in the personality style, which is also different and a lot of other things like beliefs and culture and situational facts and whatever. And looking at all of that and just acknowledging, hey, they're different. They will not hear what I say, how I think I say it. They will make a different interpretation of that. And what is that interpretation? How will they understand it? May, may I freak them out with the wording that I use because they just think, oh my God, oh my God, another change. I don't want that. I don't want it. More ambiguity, more insecurity, more instability. Leave me alone. Or can I bring things up in a different way so that people really buy in at the end? I think that's really interesting. You touched on you have to be authentic, but then you also said you've got to change your vocab. 
And that can feel as though you're playing a role and playing to your audience. And it's a conversation we have a lot internally because I don't think you can be a truly authentic leader in terms of be yourself all of the time. You have to be who your people need. And that doesn't make you inauthentic. And I loved your definition of impactful reaching the heart. As long as you're from the heart, you do have to play a role in different places. So I love that definition you gave where it's, yes, it's authentic because it's heart led, but that doesn't mean you're not playing a different role for all of the people and all of the perspectives that they've got. And I think that's really important, that check in in what people heard, not what you said. Now, this is all coming to another question I've got for you, but when leaders are busy, how do they take the time to do that slowly and in the way that their people need, rather than just the rush? We've all been in those big corporates. You know what the pressure and the speed is like. How do you make sure that that speed is met, but also go at the pace that your people need? They need to practice. And there is no secret around that they need to invest some time, more time for a certain period for like two, three months, if they're really working intensively on it, or maybe even for six months. But there is a, a time, depending also on the size of their teams, obviously, and how many people they communicate directly with. But it's really about, you need to find out what your people want. You need to really map your team and be clear these are the guys that are totally on the opposite from where I am coming from. So I really have to make an additional effort and each time really make this mental exercise of stepping in their shoes again. But if you have never done it, it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult. It sounds like simple. Yes, okay, they come from a different perspective. I just imagine something, but it doesn't work like that. You need to ask them what they fear. That's very personal already, but what they think about the situation, how they feel about it, ask about emotions, listen really to what they say, and then you get a better idea if you need to change your wording in a certain way. And that takes time in the beginning. There's no secret about it. You have to do that. You have to have these conversations. But once you start to be clear about who is who and how you can address issues, and if you also collected feedback on how you maybe have conveyed a message in a way that didn't land at all and why... If you have collected all these learnings, then you start shift into a different routine of communicating. And then I can really tell you it will pay off <laughs> because you do not need a second and a third follow-up meeting then to bring people on board. So let's say you have a period of three to six months where it's really, really time consuming. It is definitely, it is. It's an additional investment into you and your people and in this relationship between you and your people, but then it pays off definitely. You used the word simple, and yes, it is simple, but simple is not the same as easy. And it's very interesting getting people to realize that something simple can be really hard work to begin with. But in the long run, as you said, there's dividends in it. I've got another question for you. And talking about vocab, this has got a word in it that I struggle with because I think it sounds a little bit more manipulative, but that's my perspective. But I'd be really interesting to get your take on it. What's the main element that we systematically overlook when we're trying to convince others? And it's the word convince that I always struggle with. Because again, if it's not heartfelt and not heart-led, convincing someone can feel a little bit as though you're pushing them on the proverbial bus sometimes. Yeah, and it's exactly that element that we overlook, or that we believe rather that when you want to convince that we have to push more 
that there's some kind of power play in that one. I think that's what most people think. And the main mistake that we make when we see that our message doesn't land, our argument doesn't land or doesn't reach the heart, then we reinforce that same argument, <laughs> which is, if we think about it logically, it's really stupid, actually, <laughs> because even in the first place it didn't land, the person in front of you is not stupid and hasn't understood the words. It that just didn't land. And if you reinforce it from the same point of view, just reinforcing this, then you reach the exact opposite. If I give you an example, if you are a, a leader who looks very much into results and so you come up with the word, this is a wonderful growth opportunity for us and we can really increase our performance with that and that's absolutely great. And the person in front of you reads into the words performance and growth something like, ah, instability, ah, danger, ah, I don't know, workload will increase. This is going on in the head. If you know that this person will look at it like that and you reinforce the message of, yeah, but we really need to perform, we need to perform more, we need that growth, they will be even far away from you after the second round and even more after the third round when you try to convince always with the same message. You need then to really shift if in that moment you have not thought about what is it actually that really counts for them, what is important for them, then you will not convince them. And this is what people mostly overlook, that you then have to really shift your message. And it's not about lying. It's about speaking about the same topic, but from another angle. You can look at it like, instead of saying it's growth, 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 which, which means change, 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 you can also say, hey, we can over time by growing, we can create more business continuity. And even if I cannot promise you anything, but I can, can at least promise you that we will do our best as a team to maintain the team as it is, or the, the team structure, or our jobs, coming up with really something that is more security oriented. And it's also true. It's not that it's untrue. It's just something that is, from your perspective, maybe not the highest priority or the most compelling argument. But for the other person, it might be the most compelling argument. And this is what they will understand and feel. This is where they will connect to. This is where they'll say, okay, for this one, I want to work more for that. I want to really invest myself into this. If we can create more business continuity, that sounds something that I really want. So yeah, I go for it. <laughs> There's so much to actually think about processing in our own day-to-day -day communications. And I love the fact that ultimately words really matter. So with all of your professional experience to consider, one of the things that we really believe in as we're not total rebels at Defy Expectations, but we do like to be a little bit defiant sometimes when it can create progress. And we'd like to ask you about maybe a pearl of defiant wisdom that you might have based on all of your experiences and expertise that you could pay forward to any, anyone who's listening who's considering leadership, is considering evolving their leadership roles that can learn from your experiences and a little bit of healthy defiance? I think it's about you do not have a super extensive knowledge in everything you do with the function you have, all this expertise. It's much, much more important when you really become a leader or want to lead others that you think about the human aspect of leading people. Because many leaders mostly lead tasks or they lead tasks through human beings. And I think it's the other way around. And to really look into this from that perspective, it's a human-to-human -human job. And whatever a human-to-human -human job implies, I think you need to think about that. And there's this element of being yourself at work 
to be bold from time to time, to not fall into the trap of becoming the typical corporate leader persona because you think this is how you will be seen as a talent, because you will lose not just a lot of joy, you will also lose an, a lot of your energy and waste it into being this persona, which isn't you. And I think more and more people, and the younger they are, the more they aim for having authentic and real people in front of them, where they feel the human being and where they feel the heart, where they feel the passion. And I think this is important to not give that away because suddenly you're in a big corporate organization and you feel that pressure of, of certain leadership behaviors that are expected from you. There's a fine line of becoming someone else who you aren't and adapting while still staying in the, in the core who you are and stick to your values and to what is really important for you. It's a really interesting topic that, because you have to be so brave to do that. Mm -hmm. you know, like you, I've done decades in the corporate world and I spent a lot of it in technology, which is very male dominated or it was when I was back there. And then also in a sales function, ditto. And I did feel the pressure to conform. And it was very interesting because I did lose my joy and I did end up not performing at the level I could do. And I lost that connection. It was only when I decided to take the step back and actually start rebuilding that connection that I got that joy back. So I think it's really interesting how it's not just about sticking to your values, but also have that bravery to do so. And understanding there are risks around that bravery as well. So, you know, I was made redundant due, during that process because I didn't fit that mold. But it's the right thing to have done. And I think it's allowing people and giving them the permission with our decades of experience of coming up and going, that's okay, you come out the end a better person as well. So thank you so much for sharing your insights, Eureka. It was really interesting. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, re really beautiful. A few things that really resonated for me as you were speaking, particularly to that last question around that kind of healthy defiance, if you like, and, and kind of being bold from time to time and not fitting that typical corporate persona. For me, it's those leaders over the years that have been the break the mold, the non-persona, the humans that have really stayed in my memory that have inspired me to be part of this organization, to do what we're doing. And also, of course, the converse of that, which is those that just don't, those that lack the ability to do it and those that just don't have the human at the heart. One final thing as well that you made me think is that everything you say is about really being listener centric, which is a really good thing for us to consider, really shifting our perspectives to think about the listener and always being listener centric is so important. It's a really lovely thought to consider from you. Thank you, Ulrika. So if you've been as inspired as we have been with Ulrika, our amazing guest this week, please check back in as we'll be running these regularly and we cover all of the aspects that leaders really need to continuously develop, evolve and thrive. Do look at our website, defyexpectations.co.uk and remember to follow us to get notified of our next episode.